0: And welcome to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Olivia Mentor. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today we are doing a different type of episode. Becca, have you come up with a title for what this is? I failed at that
1: task. I don't know. Maybe it's called Three Things. Sure. Let's do it.
0: Would you like to explain what it is?
1: Yeah. Well, we just got such good feedback about our fall episode, and a lot of the topics that we talked about in that were small topics that we would never do a full episode about. So I was just thinking, how can we create an episode format where we get to talk about little things that we wouldn't necessarily devote a whole episode to that give us a chance to talk about things like pop culture or, I don't know, many topics. So, more chaos. More we chaos. We want to bring more chaos
0: to the podcast.
1: Yeah. So we each brought three things to discuss. We don't know each other's three things. I guess before we do highs and lows, should we just unveil our things to maybe whet the appetite of the listener? Sure. Do you want to start? Okay. Yeah, I can start. So my three things are fall clothes shopping. Great. Walking slash standing desks. Oh, good. Great. And a New York Times article called How to Make and Keep Friends as an Adult. Very well-rounded. I felt like they were a little fluffy. I was like... No, I think they're good. Okay, you tell me yours. I chose
0: the first three things that came to my mind. Okay, what are they? Okay, the first one is my teenage obsession with the show What Not to Wear and how poorly it has aged. Okay. (laughs) The second one is... I don't think I've ever told you about this. My random talent of being able to guess celebrities' heights. Okay. Which may not be a talent because I tested it earlier and I may be rusty. And then my third one is books I loved in high school and how I've been thinking a lot about them recently. And I want to know yours and I want to talk about mine. Interesting. We went
1: very different routes here. I like this. I brought more practical things. You brought chaos. I did. (laughs) Hopefully it's not
0: totally unclear what's happening during the episode but it should be fun
1: it should be fun we're gonna we're gonna talk about some mini tops and if we like this format maybe we'll do it every month and do our our monthly three things episode yes I love it all right well let's get into what we know works should we do some highs and lows yes tell me about your high my high is I am going to Spain on Wednesday I'm so excited
0: I'm so excited for you
1: this super snuck up on me I am my friends plus one to a very small wedding in southern Spain. I'm just the interloper.
0: This is the start of a rom-com, by the way.
1: Well, I have considered, should I just lie to everyone and see if it catches up to me? Like, you know, when people ask what I do for a living, tell one person, I'm a neurosurgeon. Tell another person, I'm a zookeeper. Tell another person, I'm an astronaut. And just see if it catches up with me. I think you should,
0: in the name of chaos and the rom-com that I'm writing about this. I
1: think it would be really fun. Do it. I don't know if there are any single men there, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to this wedding. It's in a place called Ronda, which apparently was Ernest Hemingway's favorite place in Spain. Okay. We're going there for five nights. It's a little village, I think. It's very small. I don't think there's a ton to do. The main thing it's known for is this really pretty bridge. That sounds amazing. I know. I'm so... I'm very excited to be bored. We're staying at a hotel with a pool. I don't think it's quite pool weather, but we can sit by a pool and read. Yeah. And then relocate That's... ourselves to a piazza and read and, then, and drink wine and then go to a restaurant and read and read. No, no, and talk. <laughs> so doing that. And then I'm going to Madrid afterwards with the same friend for another five nights. And I'm so excited because I studied abroad in Madrid in college and I have not been back since. So I am, I'm feeling very nostalgic to go back to Madrid.
0: That's going to be the best or like weird. Maybe do you think it'll be kind of strange?
1: No, I think it'll be really fun and nostalgic to walk around the area where I lived and to check out what's changed, but I'm fully accepting of the fact that I, will hate anything I liked then. I think the place where we spent the most time was an Irish bar called Dubliners, where we got this blue drink that was, I don't know what else was in it, but I know it was blue carousel and Red Bull. So I'm fully prepared to hate anything I liked then. I think you have to
0: to do that drink as an Uh, ode to your younger self.
1: I think my my heart would just explode. I don't know. It might, but you know, in the name of nostalgia. No, we'll walk by, we'll take a photo, but I'm I'm so excited to eat so much tapas and drink so much wine and I don't know, I'm just really excited for this trip. That
0: sounds so fun. I can't wait to like follow all the Instagram stories. What about you? What's your high? My high is that I'm just getting really excited about fall. I've been at the beach, so... I've been kind of enjoying this like late summer beach weather, early fall, but I'm just like very excited to go full pumpkin zone. Full pumpkin zone. Full pumpkin zone. That is. Yeah. That's the name of my band, if you didn't know. No. Um I'm really like excited scabbing? for it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, obviously. Full pumpkin What's zone. What's that thing with like the clowns that are like reggae or is it insane like, clown posse? Yeah. Yeah, I think that but pumpkins. Anyway, Ooh. this has gone way off the rails already. But, no, I'm I'm just really excited for fall. The weather is changing in Philly. I've been, like, watching it. And it's getting kind of cooler here, too, in North Carolina. So I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just ready to be cozy.
1: I honestly thought about turning on my heat before we started recording, but my heat is loud, so I didn't. It's chilly here.
0: It happened so fast, I feel like. It was taking forever, and then it was like, boom. Yeah. Fall.
1: Yeah. Love it. What about on the low end?
0: So my low is kind of a thing that happens to me between every season, which is I feel the urge to sort of throw out everything I own and just reestablish a new style and identity and way of being and like become a minimalist and clear my house of every item, which isn't actually what I want. But for some reason, I just always feel this. So anyway,
1: do you think you could be a minimalist?
0: No, I love things too much. Okay.
1: I was just thinking Uh, of your uh, entire sideboard of Bath and Body Works candles, (laughs) which doesn't really
0: what do you mean with
1: minimalism <laughs> i know it's i'm
0: actually like the opposite of a minimalist probably but do you ever just get that urge where you're like i want to be a different person this season like i need to get rid of everything and have a clear mind maybe this is actually reflective of me just feeling like i can't focus on writing and different things and i just need to like metaphorically push everything off the table
1: so this manifests differently for me and we'll talk about it because I think this is where some of my fall clothes shopping topic mm. is coming from. I feel like I hate my whole wardrobe and I want a full new look, but I also have the urge to hold on to everything because everything comes back around. So I, I don't have yes. the urge to throw things out. I just want to embrace a new look.
0: I feel that too. I feel that Make too. Make new
1: friends, but keep the old. One is silver and the other is gold. <laughs>
0: Yes, you summed it up right there, I think.
1: Is that from the Girl Scouts? It's from a song. I don't think, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Anyway, what is your low?
1: (laughs) My low is generalized submission anxiety. So when this episode drops, I will already be on submission. So maybe you know how it's going, but I don't. It's like we're in the future. Yeah, listeners, you're in the future check on me see if things are going well or not um I'm nervous I feel like it just feels fully out of my control and I don't like that so I'm just um spinning a little bit but you get to spin to Spain soon I get to spin to Spain I'm very excited my friend Allie is fundraising for her company so we will just be having a mutual mental breakdown the entire trip I was talking to her last night and I was like who do you think will cry first so I have this like
0: very deep love of pinning like vacations or trips to like very big life events or having them coincide oh. like having this trip I'm gonna celebrate this or this trip I'm gonna or I'm gonna finish this and then go on this trip oh I don't know I've why. never
1: done that Okay, so this will be my submission trip.
0: Yeah, and you're going to always remember it. And it's going to be wonderful because you'll probably have a book deal by the end of it.
1: I don't know. That seems fast, maybe. But I'm very excited to have somebody in this with me at all times. No better place to stay up until 3 a.m. drinking wine and complaining. Fully. Or just being happy. Both. Both. Either. So it's a mental low. Hopefully it's going well. I don't know. You seem pretty relaxed i think i'm just excited to get past it understandable well soon next time we talk who knows what the world will look like who knows hopefully a better happier place for both me and the world <laughs> yes all right let's take an ad break
0: now a word from our sponsor BetterHelp. If you want to get to know me a little bit better here are just a few things that can trigger my anxiety unexplained health symptoms public speaking large social gatherings oh and having a problem that i feel like no one will understand when i'm dealing with something stressful my first instinct is to talk about it but if it's a problem that i feel like no one can relate to or will understand i tend to keep everything inside which makes everything that much worse At least this is what happened before I started seeing my therapist regularly. BetterHelp makes seeing a therapist virtually or even by chat or phone call that much easier to figure out.
1: For me, there have been so many times in my life where the only thing that would really make me feel better about a given problem was having an unbiased third party to hear my concerns and validate them. This is why therapy can be so helpful when it comes to problem solving. If you're thinking of trying therapy, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online.
0: You get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time. This is so key because finding a therapist that you connect with one-on-one is the only way to get the most out of the experience of therapy. My therapist regularly helps me feel like I have the tools and resources to conquer anything and everything in life, from huge obstacles to -to day-to-day stressors. Knowing that I can bring any stress or anxiety to our sessions and receive unbiased, non-judgmental feedback is such a comfort to me.
1: When you want to be a problem solver, therapy can help. Visit betterhelp.com slash bat on paper today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com help, slash bat on paper. So Becca, yes. let's talk about your
0: first thing. If I remember correctly, that was fall dressing.
1: Yeah, fall clothes it shopping. Like salad dressing, but fall, I did not mean that. Fall clothes shopping. So I think we're maybe on the same page here. I feel like this season, more than past seasons, the clothing trends have changed, and I just feel like everything I own is so out of fashion. i I get what you mean. Do you think this is like a TikTok gen yes. Z thing? Well, yeah. I think the pace of change is just getting quicker of like Mm. what a trend cycle is, is getting quicker. But at the same time, I think TikTok is a really interesting phenomenon because you're mostly browsing the for you page. So you're not just being exposed to people you follow and who generally have similar tastes to you. You're being exposed to such a broader cross section of people. And so I feel like, yeah, I feel like TikTok does have something to do with it.
0: Yeah. I also feel like right now for me, it's like pretty jarring because I'm seeing these trends come back that I have such strong memories of either one being like, oh, I can't wear that because I don't like look a certain way. I can't pull that off or not liking them or being conditioned to think they weren't cool. I don't know. It's just like I feel like I'm being thrown into the past and I don't necessarily feel like I belong there.
1: And I also feel like this is maybe the first trend cycle where I feel too old for some things. Like, I yeah. feel like it's being driven by an aesthetic and a vibe that's much younger than me. And I, I don't know how to feel about it.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. I, I, too, see some things now and I'm like, I just don't know. Like, I went to... Where did I go the other day? Oh, my gosh. Where was I? Free people. i <laughs>
1: we are once
0: again talking about free people
1: you're like that meme with regina george where it's like when i'm not talking about her i'm thinking about how to bring her up in the conversation like
0: they barely even make my size and i'm like literally beholden to everything they sell but anyway they they were selling in store these mini skirts the micro mini skirts like the pleated micro Mm -hmm. minis that would literally not even cover like a single ass cheek of Mm -hmm. mine probably not even half of a fourth of the butt cheek space it's so it's like
1: an ass pocket square
0: it is yes an ass pocket square i am not built for that life i like emotionally (laughs) mentally or physically (laughs) and i don't know how to handle that like there are trends that have come and gone that i've been like not for me but like cute or more often like a year later i'm like oh now i like it uh but that
1: like no i just can't i can't do it becca well okay so what i wanted to ask you is what would you say is your fall signature look for this season? Because I'm trying to figure out what I want to invest in. Like, what is my. Mm. I'm going out to dinner. I'm getting dressed up. What do I have on?
0: I really like the cowboy boot trend. I know it's not for you, but I feel like it's a trend that's happening right now that's comfortable. What do you mean? What are you like
1: wearing with your cowboy boots?
0: Dresses. Okay. Like, I'm wearing the freepie. <laughs> God damn it. I'm wearing the Free People sweater dress. I apologize mm-hmm. for constantly dropping Free People. But I feel like this would be cute with cowboy boots. Just for like I always just wear dresses and sneakers, so if I can switch to it like a trendy boot, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm adjusting to the season but not wearing something that's uncomfortable mm-hmm. or too different for me. And then I mean, I love a chunky sweater
1: and and a skirt and a boot. So I've been thinking about getting more into skirts this year because I have not done skirts in years past. I've been more of a dress person than a separates person. And I don't even know if this is a trend, but I feel like I'm really drawn to a midi length skirt with some type of bodysuit top.
0: Oh, yeah, you wore this the other day. It looked really good on you.
1: So I, that's what, I'm kind of into this as my core look with like booties. I
0: love a mini skirt. Also like a slip skirt. I don't know if you have any, but I find like a patterned slip skirt so versatile.
1: I don't. I only have one skirt that I like. I have bought a couple and the other two were well, one I thought was black and it turned out to be navy and I just didn't have the capacity for that. And Another turned out to be deeply <laughs> unflattering. <laughs> so I'm on the hunt for skirts. Okay. I like that. I like that look a lot. I also like a mi-
0: a midi skirt with like a calf high boot or a knee high boot. Like I just, I think the proportions are kind of cool and cozy. So I
1: got some, I'm not ready to do cowboy boots, but I got some That's fair. pointed toe booties. Okay. I like it. So it's I like, like it. the bottom of a cowboy boot. Yeah. And then it just stops at your ankle. So I'm experimenting, but I'm, I'm yeah. feeling very adrift. I will, if anyone else is feeling this way, I found two things that are really helpful to me okay that I would recommend. Please share them yeah so one is do you follow Jess Camerata no. in Indigo Day on Instagram no she's been doing these I think she does it on Monday it's like millennial style updates where she walks you through something each week where like it's jeans or it's workout clothes or whatever and she shows you like what is the current update to it And as a very literal visual person, hugely helpful. I've seen something like this.
0: Does it ever make you feel like, wow, like I'm officially in a different bracket now? No. Also, workout clothes, that worries me. Like if I'm doing workout clothes wrong.
1: I don't really care about that, but you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm just imagining like, wow, there's probably more ways that I'm not like with it than I even realize.
1: And the other thing that's been really helpful is do you, follow Hillary Kerr on Instagram. She's one of the co-founders of Who What Wear. Maybe, possible. She, I mean, her Instagram is great, but she also has a newsletter and she is also going through a style crisis. I, I think she's in her late 30s or early 40s. She had two babies and then the pandemic hit. And so I think she's also trying to figure out what is getting dressed like for her. And she's sharing a lot of things she's trying and, and outfits and I'm finding it very inspirational because I think we have similar taste and also she's a grown-up. Yeah. Well, that sounds helpful. Yeah. But I'm, I'm really struggling with, with what do I wear. And then I'm also struggling with investing versus fast fashion where it's like, how long are these trends going to stick around? Yeah. That's a
0: really good point. You know, one thing I did this year that I found really helpful is that I stopped shopping probably for, like for the most part, I cut back probably 90% of my shopping at Target and ASOS because those were the two places where I'd buy really trend focused things and they would either immediately fall apart or I would hate them in a month. Mm-hmm. And I still buy things I don't
1: need often,
0: but, but that's helped. I don't know. Maybe there's somewhere you shop from that has similar patterns for you.
1: No, I tend to be an underbuyer rather than an overbuyer. Well,
0: that's a good problem to have.
1: So, but yeah, looking at, okay, all of my skinny jeans are very out of style. How many pairs and how much do I invest in replacing them with different jeans, you know? Right. Where it's like, is it going to swing back? How fast is this pendulum swinging? I feel
0: like it's going to be a while.
1: Well, I got some truly wide leg jeans from J. Crew. I love them. 70s vibes. Also, do you notice that I feel like the jeans trend right now is also kind of like too short. Yeah. So as it which is fine for me. Yes, exactly. So as a tall person it really works versus finding jeans that are tailored and like hit the floor is really hard, but like yeah. I was I was browsing I think on Madewell and I was like all of these jeans are slightly too short for the model. Okay.
0: <laughs> works for me. Works for me. God. See, I've invested in some like of the trendier denim that's happening right now, the more like the stiffer sort of mm-hmm. denim um high waisted but the problem is i can't fucking sit down in them for a long period of time like i feel like my my organs are being literally like bent into shapes they should not be and i just like never in my life honestly forget aesthetics or anything just to like have a flat stomach and be able to just sort of move throughout the world in denim like free as a bird i mean life-changing it would be life-changing well anyway
1: let's talk about something else that's life-changing Your first topic, this kind of dovetails really nicely, is what not to wear. We didn't even plan that. Can I let you know that Clinton Kelly is also an alumnus of Boston College? Oh, yes. I love Clinton. Mm -hmm. He's lovely. BC has very few distinguished (laughs) alumni. You and Clinton Kelly and... Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. That's pretty good. There's some older people that are like politicians or things I can't even remember who Elizabeth who Hasselbeck cares? from The View Oh, yeah, um, yeah there's her and Clinton Kelly so I feel like he was really hyped up during my college experience I mean that did you watch that show because that show was like I loved that show he
0: it, it was it was everything to me growing up I loved it I I
1: breathed it I I, I everything I loved it until very recently I went to Nick Rojo's hair salon Oh, really? Yeah, but it closed near me, so now I go to a different one.
0: Sometimes I just wish Carmen D would just do my makeup. Oh, sure. She's such a soothing presence.
1: So you think the show has aged poorly. Tell me more.
0: Okay, so recently I started watching episodes. Not recently. This is maybe like six months to a year ago, but it just popped into my head the other day. And my God, the things they say on this TV show that would never fly now is unbelievable. Like, it's no wonder that I have spent just decades being terrified of stripes, just of all kinds. Like, it's just the things they said about people's bodies was disgusting. Oh, okay. Not only that, but like calling things ghetto and like telling people they can't wear gold hoops. And I mean, of course- like culture has changed a lot. I'm not expecting it to be perfect, but it just made me realize like, I wonder how much the show shaped how I got dressed in a way that wasn't necessarily a good thing, even though I thought oh, it I'm was. I'm sure.
1: I f- I think about random fashion rules all the time, probably more so that I picked up from magazines yeah. where everyone was a fruit, different fruit shape.
0: Oh God, I don't even know what fruit but I am. I think
1: about things all the time. Also, so this isn't clothes, but with makeup, so I have brown eyes and they always recommend that you should wear blue eyeshadow, which is awful. Of No, of course not. For a while with
0: blue eyes, it was purple, which, okay, I don't, I don't know why. It's just these things that I feel like we're on TV and we're all like, yes. The obsession with the skinny belt. Do you remember there was a time where it was like, have a top, put a skinny belt on it. Wearing any
1: piece of clothing, skinny belt. I more so remember the giant belt phase which was when I was in college where it was like have something put on a belt that's half the size of your torso right oh my right here at your waist yep.
0: yes yes and then like the gauchos do
1: Oh yeah do you remember yeah. the
0: gaucho trend I wish gauchos would
1: come back I remember those being very comfortable I I mean they were but then the low rise gaucho Oh no
0: even just imagining myself wearing a low-rise gaucho like i feel like they would be at my ankles very quickly like there was the gravity would not be working in my favor like it would just it would be really bad <laughs> anyway i i don't know i just think about the show a lot and the ways in which it, it's disappointing me as an adult and learning that stacy and clinton hated each other that they broke did? my heart you didn't know this i'm sorry no to break it to you. I didn't
1: know that. I I do feel like Stacey London has really extended beyond that show in a way that Clinton Kelly hasn't. She, Mm. I, I feel like I got, she was very much in a circle with Sophia Bush for a while. Really? Yeah. Huh, missed that. Yeah, and I feel like she also had this moment where, I don't remember how old she was, but she did a lot of like, Press and interviews about ageism.
0: Yes, that's true. Yeah. Because she had the gray streak. Remember, that Mm -hmm. was like all anyone talked about. It was like, she has a gray streak in her hair. I mean, wow. Defying society's standards.
1: So did Mr. Sheffield, and it really worked for him. Who's that? On The Nanny? Oh my God. (laughs) You never watched The Nanny? Is that the one with Fran Drescher? Yeah, talk about a show with a lot to say about fashion i never watched it oh man i can't I'm imagine sorry. it aged well I'm Sorry,
0: about, it seems like nothing has yeah i can't I, imagine what we're gonna look back probably this episode we're gonna be like look at look at us we're talking about such fools
1: well i think that's kind of the nature of being a public person in any way is that some things won't age well because you just culture evolves I don't know. Do you think yeah. we'll be looking back in 10 years at Queer Eye and being like, oh, my God, like, how could they? Maybe.
0: You know, it's interesting because I I did an interview with Tan France from Queer Eye once and I actually mm-hmm. brought up one, what not to wear. And I was like, how do you straddle that line between like telling someone here's some ways you can change and here are these quote unquote rules. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think Queer Eye's done a pretty good job. I mean, what not to wear was literally. Do you remember the the broom of mirrors? Sure. Yeah. It was just a box of three hundred and sixty mirrors, and they just made people stare at themselves and then stare at them, staring at themselves, picking them apart. I mean, well, also that's like
1: just a department store dressing room.
0: <laughs> Again, horrifying—the stuff of nightmares.
1: It's not my business what I look like from behind. That's that's not <laughs> for me.
0: Target. What what the hell was Target thinking when they put in the behind mirror? Like this is Target. Not my business. I don't. I don't need to look at the back of myself when I'm buying like a shirt and also a bag of Tostitos. I don't need that. It's just not the energy I'm bringing into the world. Anyway, what's your second thing?
1: Oh, my second thing is I'm thinking about getting a walking pad and a standing desk. And I know that you have a treadmill and a standing desk. I don't know if you ever use them together, but I wanted to get your opinion. Okay.
0: I am a standing desk evangelist. So So.
1: I'm, I'm getting rid of my SoulCycle bike. It served me well, but I haven't used it really since January and I don't see myself picking it back up again. So I'm getting rid of it. Mm -hmm. And in the place where it is, I was thinking about getting a walking pad. I can't have a real treadmill that I could run on because my floors are too old and creaky and I feel like I would just crash into my neighbor's downstairs apartment. Um, Not ideal. Yeah, so, you know, walking pad that goes up to, like, I don't know how high they go, but you, you can't run on them. And they're pretty cheap, too. They're, like, four or $500. Yeah. But I really like the idea because I feel like, especially once it gets really cold out and I don't want to go for walks, I could just jump on it if I'm, like, stuck on something because I feel like I just have better ideas when I'm in motion. I can, like, work yeah. through things better. I agree.
0: I think it's a great choice.
1: Can you give me the rundown on... I guess you don't have the motion element, but how do you decide when you sit and stand? What are the what are the guidelines here that I should be aware of? Oh, well. The first thing
0: to tell you is that it takes a bit to get used to. Mm-hmm. Like the first time I stood all day, it was like, wow, I'm in pain. But then now I can't sit. Like even here at the beach, I have to like make shift a weird standing desk. I usually stand until like late afternoon and then i'll sit like to do my last hour or two
1: of the day so you're doing everything standing you're like you're like writing a book standing up yes oh man i i feel like i i <laughs> write and i sometimes this is really shameful i have this like one of the soda stream water bottles that's a liter and i like hunch over and i rest my chin on it <laughs> while i type <laughs>
0: I, I wish everyone had a visual of what you you look like a like a logger back turtle as you're yeah, doing no, that's
1: that's exactly what it is that's my your head that's my ideal writing shape so okay. the turtle I, the turtle I, I feel like i could respond to emails and you know do some googling standing but oh writing i feel like this is my shape
0: i you can still do that sometimes i do sort of like a I'm using my finger to represent my body like I will I stretch I stretch out my back like I put my forearms on the standing desk and then I oh. lean my yeah so sort of like a that move but I uh I like it and usually after I write in the morning I do like a little dance because I'm listening oh. to music and I'm already standing up and yeah I'm just kind of grooving
1: any like it's great do's or don'ts that I should be aware of or like anything to look out for with the setup that I I get mine I guess most standing
0: desks are adjustable, so mine moves up and down. It has like an automatic button that really helps because I can. I don't like taking meetings standing up weirdly sometimes because mm. I fidget. So I'll move it up and down for that. My I'm pretty tall, so I need it adjusted for that. Also, Jake has a standing desk as well, but he has to wear shoes some days. It hurts in his office. In his office, Jake works just in just a, just, closet. a closet. <laughs> just in case I have, you didn't know. I, I have literally an entire guest room that I've basically turned into a closet. It has a bed and my standing desk. Jake has a closet. But I love him. <laughs> but he also has me, everyone. So, so it's really... It works out. No. But um, my feet do hurt sometimes. So I would say... Try wearing shoes while doing it. Obviously, if you're walking, you're going to need shoes.
1: Oh, I was kind of picturing doing it barefoot, just jumping on for 10 minutes and like taking a walk. I like that. Okay. Here's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing that I still writing or anything intense. I mostly do sitting and then Mm -hmm. I have a separate setup. That's my standing desk, walking desk, and I do emails and I do calls while I'm walking and then... Also, it would be in my living room. So, like, whenever I'm binge watching TV, I could, like, also walk.
0: You could do that. I follow someone. Her name's Jules, J-U-L-E-S, Acree, A-C-R-E-E. And she's, like, the prime, like, work organization person. She has all these tips and tricks and hacks. And she, Say no I more, think, friend. I am sold. <laughs> she's amazing. Her content is so soothing. But she has um a standing desk and a walking pad, I believe, And I think someone asked her recently how she decides when she walks and when she doesn't. So check that out if of interest. But yeah, I I think you won't go back once you you do it.
1: I'm excited. And I just like having the option in my house when it's really, really cold out just so that I can get some movement even if I don't want to go outside.
0: Oh, yeah. And also like when you're reviewing episodes of the podcast or whatever, it's perfect Mm -hmm. for stuff like that. Perfect. I'm excited to see how this goes for you.
1: Me too. Just gotta sell that Soul Cycle bike. It is there is a glut on Facebook marketplace of Pelotons and Soul Cycle Bikes. It's so funny because
0: when everyone was like, the Peloton thing will crash, the, the workout bike will crash, everyone will turn it in, and everyone will turn against them. I was like, nah, people have. It's it's happening.
1: Here we are. Let's take a quick ad break before we talk about three more things.
0: Even for me, someone who loves gift giving, the process can be really difficult. There are people who hate fancy gifts or hate impractical gifts or think all sentimental gifts are cheesy. Still, over the years, I've learned to develop a strategy for gift giving that has never really steered me wrong. The first step is to consider how well you know the person you're getting the gift for. Does a favorite hobby or interest of theirs come to mind? Start your gift search there. Do you feel close to this person but still not know what to get them? Go the sentimental route. It never fails. But no matter what your gift giving strategy is, I can guarantee you that Uncommon Goods is a place that will help you find the perfect item.
1: Just the other day, I was browsing Uncommon Goods because one of my good friends has a birthday coming up and I saw tons of items that I think would just be perfect for anyone on your list. They even have experience-based gifts, which I just think is such a great option for people who already have everything. Like for me, I don't like clutter. I hate when people give me little tchotchke stuff because then I feel guilty and I, I don't want more stuff in my house unless it's something that I really like or value. I just don't like people giving me things that need to find a place in my house to live. So I think with their uncommon experiences, There's so many of them. I think it would be really fun to get somebody a class that has to do with somewhere that they've traveled to. Like there's a cocktails in Paris class or a Scandinavian baking class. But if that doesn't strike your fancy, there's also general classes. Like there's a DIY hot sauce class or there's a making a vision board class. Like there's literally something for anyone you could need a gift for.
0: I love all of those ideas, and I also love that Uncommon Goods has gifts that are really easy to personalize. I particularly love the more sentimental gifts they have. They're so unique, and they're never cheesy, which I love. One of my favorite items that I've had my eye on for years is this personalized family tree serving bowl from Uncommon Goods. You can customize it based on the family name of the person that you're gifting and add other details like the year. It's the kind of thing that can be passed down in a family for years to come. And it's a perfect wedding or housewarming gift, but it's totally unique as well.
1: Oh, I haven't seen it. That's such a good idea. Plus, when you shop at Uncommon Goods, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give one dollar back to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than two and a half million dollars to date. To get fifteen percent off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com/bop. That's uncommongoods.com/bop for fifteen percent off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods were all out of the ordinary. What things should we talk about next? Celebrity Heights.
0: <laughs> this is a segue into me talking about something that I love to talk about, which is a thing that you're uniquely knowledgeable about that other people just don't really care about or know. Uh-huh. So for me, because I'm so tall and I have been so tall for so long, uh-huh. I grew up like obsessed with other people's heights because i would be like oh i'm as tall as this celebrity or that celebrity guy is taller than me or uma thurman is six foot and she's pretty so like, mm-hmm. just things like that and i became just weirdly knowledgeable about either knowing or guessing celebrities heights i think becca is probably googling celebrities so i can guess
1: yeah i am but but, but i did
0: this earlier at lunch and i got so many wrongs so this is probably gonna crash and burn. but let's try it out shall I'm, I'm we i'm ready to
1: test you because I okay. feel like I also Google celebrity heights a lot because, you know, when you're watching a movie and you see a hottie, you got to know if they're in your height bracket or if, you know, they're five, six. Right. A short king. A short king. And so I very frequently also Google celebrity heights. I do not know. You can test me back. I don't know if I have this. Let's still. do heads head.
0: We'll do two. You give me two and I'll give you two and we'll see who wins.
1: Yeah. OK. Um, how tall. Is LL Cool J. Oh, you've given me a random one. What did you if think I that to... I was going to give you? I feel like you wouldn't know how tall Brad awesome. Pitt is.
0: Okay. LL Cool J. Uh-huh. My gut instinct uh-huh. was 5'9 and a half, but I feel like it could be shorter. Taller.
1: Taller? Yeah, according to S- Google, he's 6'2". Oh, my God. Okay, well, over 1. <laughs> All right. How tall is Guy Fieri? <laughs> i
0: should have known okay why do i want to say five nine and a half again five
1: ten so very okay close. okay he's probably okay. rounding up he's probably rounding up
0: okay okay fair i feel All like right, i um... feel like
1: i've given you two that were like a little obscure let me give you somebody like more mainstream so y- okay i have yours lined up okay how tall is henry cavill
0: Six, two.
1: Six, one. fuck so you've gotten I've none lost my of touch. them right. You you got <laughs> you got close with two, and one was flat wrong. Okay, wait. I'll give you one more. How tall is I'm, is Mariska Hargaday? I feel like she's five eight. She is five eight. Oh, do okay. you do better with women than men? Probably. Oh wait. Let me let me test this. Um, how tall is Lady Gaga? Five four, five one. Damn. Yeah.
0: Imagine the meat suit weighing down her body. It must have. It must. Have, wow.
1: Yeah. So you're not great at this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do me. <laughs> okay, Adam Scott. Five, eight. 6 foot. That's a lie. No, that's a <laughs> that's a flat out lie. I've Googled this, this before and I've seen hard- him in comparison to other people because I think he's really attractive. And- oh wait.
0: Oh wait, that's the golfer. Knew it. That's the golfer. Mm-hmm. He was not bad looking. Adam Scott actor height. This is definitely how you saw the podcast going when you asked me to be on the <laughs> five nine. You're right.
1: I said five eight, so I was I was close. Okay. But I knew okay, he was I'll, not I'll six Okay, um,
0: one more random one. Uh-huh. Uh, Danielle Fischel from Boy Meets World. Five foot three. Five one. Oh. Well, neither <laughs> of us are very good at this, but I claim to be good, so I don't have the skill anymore, but I once guessed Daniel day Lewis's height just out of nowhere. Okay, I'm going to guess like... it right now. <laughs> okay.
1: Five eleven. 6-2. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Okay.
0: Anyway, that's been my thing that was <laughs> clearly useless. Well, neither of us are excelling at it, so... If you turned on this podcast today and you thought, I wish I could just know the height of Adam Scott, the actor, not the golfer, but also maybe the golfer as well, congratulations. <laughs> We're glad to provide that for you, everyone.
1: Also, I oh. think I'm... <laughs> Adam Scott sexual like I think I like all Adam (laughs) Scotts.
0: Honestly, you telling me that Adam Scott, the actor, well, actually, me telling me that he was six foot changed a lot for me. Mm. I was like, Mm -hmm. wait, yeah, we could see eye to eye, but he's still cute regardless. Okay, anyway, pro Adam Scott. Pro Adam Scott. What's your what's your final thing?
1: My final thing is this New York Times article that came out on October first, and it was. Uh, the title was How to Make and Keep Friends as an Adult. Did you see this? No. I thought it was really interesting, and I thought it would be of particular interest to the Bat on Paper community, because I feel like anytime we do an advice episode, we get so many friendship questions. And then I also frequently see posts in the Facebook group of people looking for yeah. meetup groups. So I thought this would be of particular interest. There were two things in it that I found really interesting. Hit me. So it was profiling a psychologist who studies friendship. So this isn't just like theoretical. I think this is somewhat backed. So the first tip that she said was the most important thing is assuming people will like you. And apparently when you... This is completely foreign to me. When you assume people will like you, it's studied that you present as warmer, friendlier and more open. Oh, this actually
0: makes me want to ask you, do you go into social situations doing that?
1: Assuming people will like me?
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I feel like yes.
0: Oh, see, that's so much healthier than me who just assumes everyone will hate me.
1: It depends where I am. Like if I'm somewhere, if I went to a meetup of Nobel Prize winning scientists, I would probably not go in with the assumption that everyone would like me.
0: But, you know, you also have a larger social circle than I have. So it may be not that I really want more friends,
1: but it, it it may be true. Anyway, go on. But yeah, like a if some if you brought me to a party, I would assume that people would like me. OK, that's healthy. I want to learn from that. So anyway, that was the biggest tip that she had. And I thought it was so interesting that it actually changes how you're perceived And then the second thing was talking about what people value most in a friendship. And apparently it's something in the article she calls ego support Mm -hmm. and it's hearing from your friends, what they mean to you and making them feel like they matter. Yeah. And that's the number one thing that people value in a friendship. And I thought this was so interesting because I have a newer friend I've been friends with for a couple of years. I'm not really in the, in the new friend game right now, but she's very openly communicative and effusive with how great you are, what she likes about you, et cetera. And words of affirmation are not my love language. It usually makes me uncomfortable, but it just makes me it makes me feel secure in liking her because I know that she likes me. Like there's no, oh, do I like her more than she likes me? Right. Um, and I yeah. thought that was a really interesting point. Yeah. That's a great point. And it's something that I'm very bad at because like light sarcasm and bullying is my, how I express (laughs) love to people. So like, I've never told you the things that I value about you or like how amazing you are. Well, we're here. I mean, I've got the time.
0: (laughs) Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Please don't. No, but I actually, I would, I would counter that and say, I think you are good at that. Oh, maybe not like effusively, but when you do say things that are really supportive and nice and like, I believe them. Whereas some people I feel like are so effusive and so like, I, you're so great. I like you so much, whatever, right away that I'm like, we just met. Can you stop? Oh, <laughs> you yeah, definitely you just don't met like me them. that much. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, that's those are such interesting points and super helpful. But I would say that you are good at that. Better than you said.
1: Oh, that's interesting. It's always so interesting to hear how other people perceive you and when it's counter to how you perceive yourself. Yeah. Well, it's never the same thing, right? No. Like, huh, anyway, I highly recommend this article. It's a quick read. It's not too intellectual or science-y that it's like difficult to read, but I just I thought it was so interesting. There were other tips too, but that was those were the things that I gravitated towards. That was a great very helpful find as opposed to me just listing celebrity heights. So, I think thank they're you for both bringing valuable that. in different ways. And honestly, I will I'm going to predict That listeners will like the celebrity heights more. (laughs) If you can find
0: another Adam Scott to bring to the table, we will guess his height as well. Their height, whoever they are. Uh, no. Miriam, sight unseen. (laughs) Introducing our third co-host, Adam Scott. Anyway. From um, Topeka, Kansas, just a
1: guy named Adam Scott.
0: (laughs) It's going to be great.
1: Uh, What was your last one? I forgot. Books I was obsessed with in high school. Let's do it.
0: Yeah. So I actually thought this could make a potentially good episode at some point if we ever wanted to reread something like one a piece and talk about it. But ever since we interviewed those teachers, I've been thinking so much about what I read in high school, what I connected with in high school, especially the things that I loved that were under like the parameters of something like what was it about that book I had to read that I really Mm. loved as opposed to that other book I had to read. And so I was thinking about Like, Withering Heights, I remember just being obsessed with. And then The Awakening as well, I remember Mm -hmm. loving. And I've been looking for The Awakening in every bookstore I've been to in the past two weeks. Can't find it. But I'm going to order it when I get back. And I don't know. I just, I wonder if I were to read them again, if I'd be able to be like, oh, that's me. Like, that's that's Mm -hmm. why I connected with that. Or, I don't know. Or, oh, I was a teenager. Everyone loves this. I don't know. What about you? What were some books that... You had to read or didn't have to read that you like remember being like, wow, this this speaks to me.
1: I got to be honest, I can't think of a single assigned school book that I felt really drawn to. Like, I just I remember a lot of 1984 and Animal Farm and
0: Lord of the Flies. Lord of the
1: Flies. Sure. Shakespeare. I, I can't remember anything. I also can remember very few by female authors. That we were assigned oh, in high school. And I, I just I don't remember really connecting with anything in English class, which is interesting because I've always been a reader, but I didn't love English class. But I did love the series that I think was most like closest to my heart when I was in high school. Did you read the Sloppy First series by Megan McCafferty? No, I've never heard of that. So it's a I think there's five books and it's about a teenage girl in suburban New Jersey, and she goes through having her first like boyfriend, and it just felt really real. I would be so curious to go back and read them now and to see if it actually does feel real or if it was exaggerated, and I was like, this seems really aspirational, or I don't know, but I loved those books. Oh, gosh, yeah. The love interest's name was Marcus Flutie, and I will remember that forever. Sorry, say that again. Marcus Flutie. Do you remember how tall he was? But <laughs> i just kidding. I'm going to guess 5'11". I don't Probably know. Probably right. Probably that right. That just seems like a vague generic height. You should
0: reread. I'll, you reread that. I'll reread something else.
1: So for a while, and I don't know if this is still happening, Rebecca Searle was trying to adapt the books as a TV show. Oh, interesting. Or a movie. I don't remember which. And I don't know if that went anywhere. I assume not because I haven't heard anything about it. And then... Also, one thing that's really interesting is the author released a book somewhat recently, like in the last five to ten years, following the character Jessica Darling as an adult. I would like to reread them, but i I do have a fear about ruining them. Yeah. so Grace and I went on this podcast a couple of years ago called SSR Shit She Read." And they basically, the whole premise of the podcast is reading books from our childhood or teen years, and discussing them. And so we read the first Sweet Valley High book. And I loved Sweet Valley High when I was probably in middle school. Um, Talk about things that didn't age well. Oh, boy. I can only imagine. I mean, they were very fat phobic. They were also, like, the men in the series were very two-dimensional. Like, you could either be a rapist or a football player and nothing in between.
0: It's always good. Mm-hmm. That's that's always what we want to teach our mm-hmm. children.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm just, I cherish the sloppy first books so much that I'm scared that if I went back and they were terrible, I would have to reevaluate my whole personality. That's understandable. Did you have any series that were like extracurricular books that you loved?
0: I remember reading this book called Flowers for Algernon. Did sure. you ever read it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember loving that. I loved the book Hatchet. Oh, interesting. I have very like visceral memories of reading both of those. I loved Agatha Christie.
1: Oh yeah. I remember reading yeah. and
0: then there were none when I was in high school and loving it. Oh yeah. Incredible. And then younger than that, the Dear America series. Did you ever read those? I don't even I've never even heard of it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So it was like historical fiction for preteens, elementary school students. And it was like one of them is it's a girl in the Titanic and she's writing her diary about what it's like to be in the Titanic. And there's, mm. there's like, oh my gosh. If you look it up, look them up, you'll probably see them, but they were incredible. I was obsessed with them.
1: Do you know what book I just remembered? Did you ever read The Face in the Milk Carton? I was obsessed, obsessed. with that
0: book too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. You. Oh, my gosh. This. Now I want to reread this book like tonight. I'm going to download this on my Kindle.
1: Should this be our book club pick? No. (laughs) Can you imagine? We were going to do this like big, important, fancy new book. Instead, we're doing 1990s The Face on the Milk Carton. I would
0: read that and have a podcast episode about it because I bet you it is wild.
1: I bet it is, too. I think. This also was part of a media narrative that really informed. When I was a child, I thought getting kidnapped was when, not if. Like I thought it was an inevitability.
0: Same, same. Do you remember like being in the grocery store and like for like a couple seconds you can't find an adult and you're like, well, "This is it. Well, a- this is I live here now. This is my I'm just gonna go make a home in the produce section because I'm never gonna be found my, by my family." Well, that's again.
1: different. That's like getting lost from your family i was thinking that like some guy in well, a tan van was gonna come by and grab me well getting lost was step one mm. and then step two was inevitably
0: i would oh, be kidnapped found from by the by produce section okay yeah okay, of course okay. but yes 100 percent. it was a very real thing
1: please report back how this is i'm very curious
0: i'm gonna do it i have to do it it's probably absolutely unhinged
1: can't wait I don't think it is. I I don't think it's unhinged because I think thrillers have gotten so much more unhinged in the past five (laughs) to 10 years that you're going to be like, what the heck? That's true. Imagine telling like a Gen Z
0: kid. Yeah. At some point in history, not that long ago, when someone was missing, they just put their photo on a milk carton. (laughs) Like that was tech. That was the best chance we had. We were sending people to the moon. But no, in terms of finding lost children, we had milk. The FBI strategy was putting up posters of people in the,
1: in the post office. That's all we had. That's all we had.
0: Oh, okay, I'm going to report back on this.
1: Can't wait. Let's get out of right. our, our three things. Let us know what you thought of this format. I, I like this. I think I want to do this every month. Yeah, I, I
0: think it's really fun. I'll try to bring more helpful ones next time. <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll try to bring more unhinged ones next time. We'll find a balance that works. Maybe we won't. <laughs> Let's get into some end matter. What is your obsession? My obsession
0: is I invested in new beach chairs from this company called Sunflow. They are on Shark Tank. I always have beach chairs that fall apart. These are more expensive, but they're so easy to carry and like mm. fold up and it's just really pleasant. They're really aesthetically pleasing. They have little sun visors that come over the top. Oh, nice. Adjustable cup holders. so You can fit like the skinny can, the big can, entire bottle of wine, whatever you want. Yeah, I really like them. So highly suggest. Oh, these look really fancy. They are. But if you go to the beach and you're just like used to buying a $90 beach chair every year, I feel like these are a good investment because they'll last. Yeah. When is your obsession?
1: So I got a new iPhone and... Oh, so jealous. I upgraded. Even though I just got one. I upgraded from the iPhone 11 to the iPhone 14 Pro because the battery was dying on mine and it died the other day when I was in the city at 16%. And then I had to go to a restaurant and charge it so that I could figure out which subway to take home. (laughs) So it was time. But the camera, oh my God, the difference in the camera is really huge. At least from the 11, which I had. And I had the one with the three lenses. So it was even three lens to new three lenses was a big jump. Okay. Wow. I just, it's, they're getting so good. I'm really excited that I got it before Spain, but it, I was just taking a photo of something stupid. I like, I don't even remember what. And I was like, Oh, the quality.
0: <laughs> Do, have you seen the, the TikTok that's like a Samsung or something, which apparently their camera is even better. And it's like zooming in on the moon and it's like, suddenly it's like, you can see each crater. in no. the moon. Maybe it's fake. I believed it immediately. I was like, wow oh man but i just feel like camera technology and phones just incredible what are you reading okay i'm reading a lot uh because i am at the beach i am going to give three updates and in the name of time i'm going to give you a one through ten rating of how i thought about them okay okay So the first one is Every Summer After by Carly Fortune. I've been saving this one for, like, the perfect reading situation where I was, like, not distracted, at the beach. It went with me to Europe and back. Anyway, finally read it. Delightful. 8 out of 10. Near perfect reading experience for me. Lovely. And honestly, the only reason I'm giving it an 8 out of 10 is that I'm giving the next one a 9 out of
1: 10. (laughs) They're based. (laughs) So, like... Maybe they're both nine, and they're they're they're... very not in the same vein. Like, there's no reason they can't both be nines. But go ahead. They
0: can't. You're right. They can both be nines. I give it a nine. I give it a nine. There's no reason why it can't be a ten. I don't know. Give it a ten. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Taste is subjective. (laughs) Um, I guess my point is they're so different that I'm. I don't know how I would compare them the same. Okay, but my next book was My Dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell, which is extremely divisive and dark book but was really wonderfully written and like challenged everything i knew and thought about books of very dark tough subject matter so i give that a nine nine out of ten as well so we'll say every summer after and mike direct from vanessa nine out of ten
1: what's the last yeah. one is it also a nine because if it's a nine i can't trust no. your system anymore this one is like a five
0: okay um upgrade by blank ble- Upgrade by Blake Crouch, who wrote Dark Matter, which is one of my favorite books. This is sci-fi and sort of dystopian. It was good. I would say the first half is much better than the second half, but I liked it. Okay. That was, that was, I meant that to be more organized and it was way more chaotic, so I apologize, but I recommend the first two. I sort of half recommend the third one. Okay. Anyway,
1: now you. (laughs) I only have one update. I have been DNFing books left and right, which has felt good. I've really cleaned out my pile. And it's a me problem, not a problem with the books. I just, my focus is off. And as a reader, I feel like I'm in a weird in-between where I'm sick of things that I usually enjoy. So I don't know. Just having a weird reading time. I'm currently reading The Talented Miss Farwell by Emily Gray Tedrow. And I started this. And from the first chapter, I was like, immediate, yes. Immediate, yes. Grace. That's big. Like, emphatically recommended this last year. And I bought it right away. And then I've just been prioritizing newer books. And I've never gotten around to it. It's so good. It's... Set in the 80s and 90s and it's about this woman who lives in a small town in Illinois and is a government employee and starts this scam basically where she's skimming government funds and then living this second life where she is like in very high profile art circles and she's like kind of gets like addicted to buying art and like more and more expensive art and then she's like reselling it and it's kind of like a whole racket That sounds wonderful. It's fantastic. The writing is so good. It's so different than anything I've ever read. And it's like really compelling. Okay. I'll have to add this one to my list. That sounds incredible. Yeah, I'm really into it. I'm only like halfway through. So hopefully it doesn't crash and burn, but loving it.
0: All right. Well, if none of those sound good to you, we also have our October book club pick, which is When We Were Bright and Beautiful by Jillian Meadoff. We announced this on the Instagram page. And I don't know if I've seen similar... (laughs) Enthusiastic engagement like I have about this people were like I hated it. I loved it I loved it, but I didn't want to love it It's people have a lot of opinions But it is about an extremely wealthy family in the Upper East Side One of the sons in the family is accused of sexual assault Against his former girlfriend It's very twisty. It's lots of courtroom drama. It has the pace of a thriller It's impossible to put down and there's going to
1: be lots of opinions So I look forward to discussing with everyone all right. And if you'd like more of us, you can join us in the Facebook group where we talk about books and pretty much anything. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Bat on Paper Podcast. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And I'm at Olivia Mentor. And we'll see you next week.
0: Bye. Bye. For me, I can't, every time I say for me, I feel like the corn kid. It's like, for me, I just really like corn. <laughs> Anyway. You should be so lucky. Um, (laughs) I know. God, I wish. Uh...